Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 354 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Oh, thank you, uh, Jeffrey. Thank you for welcoming me, and I'm going to welcome all our listeners. I was Very say. good. That's what we should be doing, isn't it? Right. Exactly. Yes. Welcome, listeners. Yes. Welcome, indeed, to this wonderful show about table tennis. And, um, and yes. I hope, hope you don't drive off the road if you're listening to this, you know, in your car, driving along, um, you know, walking along with your headphones on. Don't laugh out loud because people will start to think that you're like a bit silly. <laughs> indeed. But you, you may drive off the road if you're listening to this and hear this joke, Alois. Uh, yeah, so there's no chance in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there, Jeff? Mikey. Mikey who? My key doesn't fit in the keyhole. <laughs> Gotta love a good old knock, knock joke. I do like knock, knock jokes normally. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, my uh, my TV, it's no mm. good. I'm selling it for $1, but it's it's broken and it's stuck on the highest volume. It's something you can't turn down. One dollar. Keep going. Got, got any good ones today? <laughs> they, they're good ones. Uh, what do you call a dinosaur that's also a towel? I don't know. A dry ceratops. <laughs> uh, not bad. Not, not bad. bad at all. That's funny. Not bad. That's what that is. Yeah, um, yeah. But do yeah. you have an on this week for us? I do. I do indeed. It's been a big, big week. Well, we sort of, yeah, we haven't been around for a little while, so I've missed mm. a, missed a couple of goodies. But um, um, Marlin mm. had his birthday on the 19th of February, and he was born in uh, 1980. So that would be uh, make him um, old. 41. 41. 41. He's in his 40s. Do you reckon he'd go okay in the over 40s? I think he might do well. That's yeah. my hunch. Yeah, you never know. Those over 40s are pretty good nowadays, though. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, Marlin, um, Olympic, three goals, um, singles in Beijing, uh, doubles in Athens in 2004. And Beat my team... doubles partner in the Australian Open. Yeah, he did too, yes. And... Uh, and uh, Park took him down. Took him down, yes. That's probably high on his list of wins. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and he was um, he, he displayed some pretty awesome skills when he was here in Australia. What year was that, Jeff? That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It would have to be in the late nineteen nineties, I believe. Oh goodness, he was just he was just a lad. Um, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so Marlin, but interestingly. There's there's another Marlin that's quite famous as well. So Marlin, there's a, 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 a legendary Marlin in the world of para table tennis as well. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's incredible, really. And uh, you know, gold, multiple gold medalist in uh, para table tennis as well. Same name, and uh, you know, he's incredible, uh, incredible player too. So if you if you ever get a chance to uh, maybe just uh, check out. The Marlin from Para Table Tennis. Mm, so what, him. would you Google Marlin Para Table Tennis? I reckon, yeah, because uh, usually when you just Google Marlin, it, uh, it comes up with uh, 
Marlin, the able-bod player. But yeah, yeah, have, have a look, Marlin, and his birthday is actually on uh, on Christmas Day. So there you go. Um, wow. N- another little fact, but just as an aside. Anyway, getting back to our um, on this week. Yes. Um, uh, also today, today is one of my favourites, Jiang Jialiang's birthday. There you go. Yeah, so Jiang Jialiang, um, two-time world singles champion. Um, and, and you watched him win a, a world championship. I, I certainly did in 1987 in uh, New Delhi when he won his singles against uh, Waldner in the final. I was, And it, it's incredible to think about nowadays, but in those days, like, there was very little crowd control. I actually went and stood on the floor of the... Um, of the uh, hall, like just behind the table, you know, like there I was, go. yeah, I was standing, you know, literally, you know, 10 metres behind the table um, watching the men's singles final, watching Jiang Jialiang play. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it was How incredible. How was the atmosphere? It looked like, that looked like an incredible game. It was, it was an incredible game. Like, um, that was Waldner's first real tilt at a world championships. He had been sick um, during the team, so I hadn't really played much in the team's event and came out and made the final of the men's singles, came up against Zhang Jialiang. And um, if you haven't seen Zhang Jialiang play, he's just a penhold, uh, short pimple player, just running around and smashing balls with his pimples from everywhere. Uh, Waldner, you know, retrieving, blocking. Uh, yeah, if you get a chance, just Google that World Championships final 1987. Um that was that was his first, um, uh, sorry, second world championship. He won his first one in 1985 in Gothenburg. So, um, and and I had the uh, the privilege of playing him in in between those two um, world championships in 1986 at the Asian Championships. And um, uh, let me just say that Jiang took it quite easy on me. Um, but uh, yeah, not nice guy. Yeah pretty tough to play i i felt like i like at the at the time um you know that's that's a type of style that suited me to play you know against a short pit player yep. you know, get around and spin the ball and i felt like you know i was pretty comfortable against that style yeah but he just made a mess like he, he, he nothing i could do was was good enough you know like i could spin the ball heavily he smashed it i played the ball fast he smashed it i um you know played the ball slower i placed the ball he smashed it so um <laughs> he yeah. smashed it he smashed yeah it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. and i'm just i'm just looking at the uh the draw for that and in the quarterfinals six yeah. chinese wow one swedish a... waldner yeah and uh gruber from poland gruber. yes gruber uh, and Gruber went down to Tang Yi from China and yep. Walton beat Chen Long Can. Yeah. And then was... uh oh. then in the final, Waldner actually won the first 21-14, yep. lost the second 21-18, lost the third 21-11, bit of a flogging. Yep. And the the fourth set, 24-22, Waldner down, Zhang Jialang wins 3-1. Yeah, it was, and and uh, like Zhang Jialiang was like really pumped. He was pumping his fist after every point, and he even like ended up down Waldner's end of the table. Um, <laughs> I remember clearly, you know, like he's pumping his fist and like you know on the follow through, and ended up down <laughs> Waldner's end of the table, pumping his fist. It was a huge atmosphere. 
There yeah. you go. Unbelievable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very different days. Yeah. And, yeah. You need five security passes to get, you know, into the stadium nowadays for <laughs> world championships. So, yeah. Yep. Times have changed. Yeah. But, yeah, good good times. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. And also, oh, sorry, this is going to be a long segment, but um, worth it. So also on the 1st of March was Melissa Tapper's birthday. Now, um, international people may not know Melissa Tapper that well, but she's a very famous sports person here in Australia. Yes. Um, she was the first player or person from any sport to represent her country in both the Olympics and Paralympics. And she did that in 2016 in Rio. So that's an incredible feat. So playing in both the Olympics and Paralympic event um, from Australia. And um, yeah, Melissa, first player from any sport in Australia to do that. What a performance. Unbelievable. Yeah. So her birthday, 1st of March. Very good. And then, well, hopefully we get to go to Tokyo and um, yeah, let's see what happens. Absolutely. Exciting times ahead. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, that's great. So that's who am I. Now, our listeners are just waiting for your tip of the week now. Ah, uh, okay. Well, you know, I was talking about styles uh, just earlier when you know, with Jang Jaliang and mm-hmm. um, Pimples, and you know, I didn't mind that style. Um, but I really didn't like playing against, um, you know, anti-spin players and, um, you know, long pimple players that played up close to the table. Mm-hmm. So my tip of the week this week is – to seek out your nemesis style of player um, and try to play against that as much as possible because that's the real key. You know, often the reason why we are uncomfortable against a a particular style is because we haven't played against that style very much. So, you know, like a a two-winged smooth rubber player, uh, we play against them all the time, especially right-handers, for example. You know, but if there's someone that, you know, like a left-hander, you know, you don't like playing against left-handers, find a lot of left-handers and try to practice with them as much as possible. If you don't like playing against short pips players, find some short pips players and practice against that as much as possible. And, you know, like often often I find players um, shy away from that. They say, oh, you know, oh, geez, you know, I hate playing against um, long pips. I hate playing against Andy Spin. So they'll deliberately avoid playing those players or training with them. And, you know, they may, you you may even like dismiss them as, oh, you know, that's, that's just junk rubber. You know, you shouldn't be able to play with that, whatever, whatever. Um, But it's really important. If you want to get better at the game of table tennis and the the game of table tennis incorporates a whole wide range of elements of skills. And one of them is, you know, to play against different types of styles and players. So find that style you don't like, Find some players that use that style and train and practice and play against it as much as you can. I like that tip a lot. But, Alice, where am I going to find yep. these players that I don't like playing against? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, yeah, at the moment it's quite difficult. But you know, <laughs> f- um, find a club, um, you know, yes. if you possibly can, you know, get down to a local club. Um, because that's where you're going to find um, that's that's where these um, these critters hang out, you know these, uh, <laughs> these critters, all these table all these table tennis junkies. Um, yes. So that's where you got to get to 
um, try and get down to a club, try and play some competitions. Um, you know, if there's a local league or pennant or, um, you know, fixtures type situation, you know, get down there, get amongst it. Uh, if they've got a coaching night, if they've got a training night, um, you know, and if you possibly can spare the time, do it. Um, and and don't feel like – and we get a lot of um, uh, messages and emails and things from from um, our readers, and a lot of them say, well, I'm going to go down to a club when I get better. The, the key is to get better, you need to go <laughs> down to a club, you know. So, so even if you're a beginner, try and seek out a club, try and find a club where you can get down to – um, because there may be coaching, there may be, you know, just the opportunity to even watch better players play. And all of that stuff is really useful. Absolutely. Yep. Love it. All right. Um, and, yeah, and, and most, like, national organisations will have a website where you can look up a club near you. So just jump online and find a club near you and get down there. Yeah, that's right. right. Well, could be hard in these times, but if if the rules allow you where you are, then then do it. Yeah, and and now might be a good time to just do a bit of research. You know, if you are um, restricted with your movements, do a bit of research. Try and find out what is available eventually to you. Um, and uh, yeah, and then when you're able, give them a call or even give them a call now, and uh, you know, and ask them. You know, when they're thinking about um, getting back, what sort of activities they have on offer um do they have coaching do they have uh league do they have just uh, social nights so yeah there's always something there for for all of you excellent all right well now it is time to get on to the questions ah, and, excellent and we have some good ones today um first one is from vibishan who says i'm a modern pen holder but nowadays, everyone says that that's old and it's difficult to topspin, the movement's hard, I've got to do a lot of footwork. But he says, I like pen old. So do you think I can like get to you know, state levels using that grip? And he also says, I'm six foot high, and he learned the backhand grip of the modern pen hold. And he can switch also from pen hold to shake hand. So is is that okay as well? Yeah. So um, for firstly, Vibhishan, um, pen hold is very legitimate. Um, as far as a style to play with. So, um, you know, you can reach a very high level playing with the pen hold grip. Um, if that's a, the grip that you feel more comfortable with, stay with it. Um, I mean, uh, there's still uh, Zhu, Zhu Jin um, is, is, is a very, very good player, plays with the pen hold grip. Um, so, yeah. Doesn't lose many matches, uh, Zhu no, Jin. No, no, especially <laughs> against. Uh, uh, non-Chinese players, he's he's yeah, pretty uh, pretty faultless. He's, Although you know, I think we talked about it. Remember that tournament they had recently where you got to choose your opponent? Yeah, that's right. And he chose someone and he lost. The swear uh, the Swedish guy. Yeah, he lost to um, Falk. Yeah, Falk. That's right. Uh, that, that was a turn up. Yeah, yeah for the books. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, a bad counter example. Sorry, keep going. With... <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Um, yes, anyway, penhole grip is legitimate. You should um, stick with it, Vibhishan. Um, and, but the only thing is, so you're talking about switching between penhold and shake hand. For me, I reckon just stick with one grip. So if you're more comfortable with the penhold, stay with it. Um, Utilise that grip all the time. 
um, if you if you're switching and changing between the grips, you're going to um, muck yourself about a bit. So um, yeah, so stick with the one grip and pen hold is very legitimate. Do it. All right, good, good, good. And what did you think about that tournament where you got to choose your opponent? Do you reckon? I don't know. Uh, that's going to stay, but I don't know. It's sort of. It was sort of interesting. I, yeah, there was a whole lot of stuff happening in that tournament. Um, but um, yeah, I think. Well, there's a new um, uh, bubble happening with uh, ITTF very shortly in Doha. Mm. So um, I think they may implement the same strategy. I haven't actually researched that. Yeah. So um, starting well today, the, the yeah, the contenders or well, the third of March anyway, wherever wherever um, everyone is in the world, third um, of March, the Middle East hub in Doha, Qatar. Very good, very good. So there All you go. right. Um, did we answer yep. his question? Yeah, we did. We did answer the question, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. We answered his Amazing. question. Good. Excellent. Yeah. So Stick with the pen I think was basically it. You like it? <laughs> Stick with it. That's it. I could have said that in less words, couldn't I? Play like Zoo's in, I think is what you're telling him. <laughs> exactly. How hard can it be? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is a question from Andy who says, when preparing for a serve, does the server have to show the blade in view, so above the table, for the opponent to see? Uh, no, the answer is no. You don't have to uh, show your bat or your racket to your opponent um, mm. during the serve. So uh, the ball needs to be a, uh, uh, within view of your opponent all the time during the serve. So you have to hold that above the table. But no, you can put your bat wherever you like. Um, so... Uh, yeah, now that um, now that you know, like in the modern era where you can have where you have to have two different colours, um, which has probably only been in for twenty years or something. Um, <laughs> no, more I right. Think it's a lot no, longer than that. No, it's actually more than twenty years. See, I'm getting <laughs> old. I'm getting old. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so now you don't have to show your bat to the opponent. Previously, you did. Um, oh, like Forty years, I think. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Come on, thirty years. 30, maybe thirty. Um, yeah. So you previously had two, but now you don't. So you can put your bat behind your back or wherever, you, and um, and then uh, as you come through, then obviously they're going to see which side of the bat you're hitting it with when the ball hits. Because they have to see the contact on the ball. Correct. That is correct. That's right. Yeah. Now. I think that rule came in like that you had to see the contact of the ball maybe like in 2000. No, it was actually oh the oh the contact of the ball yes maybe the service rule. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it might have come in after Sydney Olympics, did it? There was a few changes after Sydney Olympics. There was. They 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 ruined the game by making it up to 11 <laughs> instead of keeping it to 21. I mean, oh, come on, that people. Old, that old. When are you going to see the? the uh, one day he'll sense. grow up. One day he'll switch back to 21. You know, back when Waldner played Zhang Jialing and it was a real hard-fought battle. Uh, One day he'll learn to count past 11. (laughs) I already can. That's why I wanted to be up to 21. (laughs) That's why you wanted at 11. You're struggling, getting older. Yeah, I I mucked myself up then, didn't I? No, that was... You did, yes. You're doing that more and more now that you're getting, you know, up there. (laughs) Well, well, that's that 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 rubber rule changed just recently. <laughs> just the other day. Um, now, before two thousand, you were allowed to hide the ball, and so 
Um, my doubles partner, we mentioned him before, lost to Marlin in the late 1990s. Um, he was working on this serve, right, where he would put one leg on the table because you're allowed to be touching the table as long as it's not um, your hand. So you're standing on one leg, you put the other leg up, bent up on the table and it kind of hides the ball completely and then you serve <laughs> under your leg. But the, the opponent can't see any of your movement about the serve. But it's kind of a really uncomfortable position to get into. I don't know if you've tried to put your foot on the table while standing on the ground with your other leg. Uh, I he remember. was quite tall, so and he was working on this serve, and it would just like f- suddenly fly out from under the leg, and you'd have no idea whether it was like heavy backspin or no spin or. But I'm sure the umpire at the time banned it, right? <laughs> Did they? Yeah, I'm sure it was. I remember no reason. But why could you? How could you ban it? I don't know, but for some reason <laughs> he wasn't allowed to do it and pen it or whatever he was trying to do it. Oh, dear. And I think it would work. I think we were looking at it for doubles especially because the left-handed could just serve it there and then you had plenty of time to get your foot down (laughs) off the table and not worry about the next ball. I reckon you should have just pushed him over. (laughs) Oh, dear. So just for fun, next time you're out on the table, all your listeners, try and, um, yeah, get one foot up on the table and see if you can serve it under your leg. Great fun. (laughs) (laughs) Not so good if you're six years old and, and the table's like, you know, up at your chin height. No, or just like me and uh, not that flexible. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. So um, next question. Oh, yeah, so thanks good. for that question, Andy. That was a good one. Yeah. And, and, and somehow we got to Brett with his leg up on the table. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, try it. Um, all right. Uh, Ardak. Has a question. He says he's been training with a club mate who's the same level as him, and they've been having these epic battles. Sometimes he wins, sometimes I win. And in the last two weeks, Ardak's backhand top spin has improved a lot, and he's started to win against some players which he was losing against before. But his sparring partner isn't seeing any improvement in his game, and he's only playing with the forehand side of the blade, and he always chops. So the ball's high, then he smashes consistently, but. Recently, he beat a pro girl who's ranked 31 in our country, so that's good. But he never plays with the backhand side, so he's always using his footwork. So he practices his backhand tossing with him, but he still still can't use it in the game. And he started to think that the training with him is meaningless, not useful. So what do you suggest, Alois? Yeah, so the crux of that is that, you know, just basically um, Ardak's mate is not able to transfer his backhand ability or skill into a match situation so so that's the key um for me you know how do you how do you transfer that skill into a game so if you're if you're just playing backhands in a game or if you um uh if you're um if you're knowing where the ball's coming so the ball comes to my backhand i can play a backhand like even i could play a backhand in training (laughs) but come game time it becomes much more difficult because you don't know where the ball's going. So then you've got to try and react and then play a backhand. It becomes difficult. So that's the key to what you need to be practicing in training is to is to not know that the ball's coming to your backhand and then still be able to do it. So, uh, mm. so yeah. So Ardak, that's that's what I want you to try to uh, get your 
um, partner to practice a bit more and then see if in the game situation he gets better with his backhands. Yeah. Better with his backhands. So um, what about um, in training, like just getting playing a game where you can only play backhands if it's on the backhand side or... Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, that's a that's a nice simple one. So um, yeah, so if the ball comes in the backhand half of the table, you have to play a backhand. If it comes to the forehand half, you have to play a forehand. So that forces you to um, to play some backhands, and and you can do that even even in some real matches. You know where, um, and we always talk about this where you know the result before the match starts. You know, like if you're a way better player than your opponent, or if you're a way weaker player than your opponent. Then, yeah, so if you know you're going to lose anyway, you've, you've yeah. got nothing to lose. Just play some backhand, see what happens. Yeah, that's right. And same same with if you if you're playing a really weak player, use your backhand. Um, you know, you know that if it, if it gets tied, you can get around and play some forehands later if you want to. But yeah, give it a go. All right, excellent. All right, Ardak. So have a chat with your friend and see if any of those ideas um, help him out. All right, thank you for the question. And now next is a question from Kenneth who says, Hey, Pink Skills, I've heard advice that for tall players, we should open our feet wider apart so we stay lower to the table. But would this compromise the ability to do shuffle steps quickly? And also, will it make the crossover step more difficult if you've got to retrieve like a really wide ball? Yeah, good question, Kenneth. So there's... um. So, firstly, why do why do we want to be lower? Why do we want those feet wider? Why do we want the, our knees bent? Um, so, all of those things will help us to um, get our centre of gravity lower, um, and it'll also engage your leg muscles to be able to start to um, to jump and move quickly. But there is a point that if you're too low then uh, your power will diminish. Your your ability to move sideways um, becomes more difficult. But you know what? Most players never, ever reach that, ne- will never, ever go too low um, uh, when, they're, when they're playing in a match situation. So, so Kenneth, I'd, I'd just really encourage you to, to utilise that wide stance, utilise that, uh, that lower leg position if you can now with the width of your feet it's the same thing so if you stand with your feet together touching each other um, it's really difficult to move sideways fast if you do the splits sideways <laughs> you also will not be able to move sideways <laughs> ever again probably <laughs> um, yes yeah yeah so so somewhere in between that is a good a distance between your feet that is going to allow you to, to get low, be stable, but also be in a position to be able to move sideways fast. So that's what you need to explore, Kenneth, um, is what that position feels like and looks like and, and, and is for you. So um, how wide apart is good for you to be able to still uh, have stability, but still be able to jump sideways? Um, and also you talk about that that crossover step, same thing, like that crossover step, you'll need less because your feet are wide apart. But if the ball goes extremely wide, then you still need to be able to push with your 
if you're a right-hander, push with your left leg and be able to cross over and get that wide forehand ball. Mm, yeah, good advice. And and that's kind of relevant for all players, I guess. But is it? do you think it's any different for a tall player? Like, are they need to concentrate more on getting low or this is just yep. general advice? Yeah, it, it, that, that is really general advice, but I think it does become more pertinent if you're tall, you know, because... Mm. Uh, when you're tall, you know if you're if you're standing up straight, you're you're way above the table surface. You're way above the the bounce of the ball, um, mm. and so getting lower is really uh, beneficial for you. You know, watch 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 a Samsonov or a you know Jorgen Persson type player from the past, um, and uh, and just watch how how well they move um, and how low they get. Um, with their legs and how wide their stance is as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, getting down low, like all those things you mentioned about the muscles and engaging your, um, yeah, those muscles is good. But you also, I think, especially on the serve and stuff, you get a better view of the ball and sort of can judge the length and stuff a bit better if you're lower than that sort of bird's eye view, I feel. Yeah, 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 I, I think so. I think you get a pers- better perspective, don't you, of the ball coming towards yeah. you? When you're lower, yeah. That's the, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the I'm the wordsmith. Yeah, you are. That is fantastic. <laughs> oh dear. Yes, very good. All right, now Alois. Yes. Um, the we haven't had a podcast for a couple of weeks, but yep. there was a competition that finished. A Who Am I? Where you could win a uh, an hour's online coaching or or a month's Pink Seals Premium membership. It was a Who Am I competition, yes, and we have a winner. We did. Well, so the, the winning answer, and a lot of people guessed it in the end um, after our last clue. What was um, the last clue? Oh, that's a good question. It was it was a bit of a uh, tricky one. So I won my uh, yeah, first nationals, at, uh, all the clues, where I won my first national championships at age 13, but had to wait two years to be included in the national team because of one curious thing. So, uh, yes, actually, that was the last uh, tip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. What so was the one curious thing? She was too short. They all thought that she was too short. Um, oh, so she wouldn't be able to do that serve where you got to put your leg up on the table at that time? <laughs> no, she, she was flat out putting her head near on the table. Well, no uh, wonder they didn't put her in the team. Yeah. So she was just one... 0.5 meters tall. Um, Deng, yeah. Did, did we tell you who the who, who it was? It was Deng. No. Ya, uh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. It was Deng Yaping. Deng Yaping. So um, yeah. Uh, uh, Deng Yaping, who now is, would you believe, she's 48 years of age. My goodness. Uh, yeah, I know. That's that's scary. Deng Yaping's 48. Um, but I'll just go through a little bit of her medal record because, you know, some people actually say she's probably one of the best players of all time. Um, so she won two Olympic uh, gold medals in singles. Before or after they had the colour rule? Oh, who knows, Jeff? Um, <laughs> in 1992 and 1996, um, she, she won those. Um, no, that was definitely after the colour rule because uh, the colour rule came in... Uh, before 91, definitely. Oh, so, way before 91. I'm, it's early 80s. Early 80s? No. Yeah, definitely. Really? My goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember playing Paul Tonkin with two 
black rubber. Oh, here you go. I've just done a quick Google. The color yeah. of the rubber is solid. It distinguishes one side of the racket from the other. Since 1986. There you go. Tennis. Yeah, early 80s. Where are you going? That's early-ish. <laughs> um, yeah. So Before I started playing, I only ever started playing with... Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, the colours. There you go. Yeah. In my day, Jeff, in my day, we had a tough. We had to but you, when they first had the two colour, weren't you allowed to use... I remember seeing some green rubbers at one stage when I first started playing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you could have any different colours initially. And then people were using like... Um, there was a blue, like a fairly dark blue and black, um, and people were using green and black. And so then then after that, um, at a date that I've got no idea, um, they decided that it had to be red and black. So, okay, so it's 36 years. Yeah, but now, like, they're changing the rule again, and now you can have different colours again. But um, oh, What yeah. goes around comes around. That's right. So, yeah, 36 years, not 20 years. Yeah, yeah close. Closer to 40. That's sad. Sorry. So you were uh, talking about Dingya Pinkle, but she used pimples, didn't she? No, she had normal rubber. Normal rubber? Oh, yeah, I'm okay. sure, of it. sure of it. Yeah, she used to just, like, stand over the table and just, like, topspin both sides ah. like, ridiculously fast. Um, yeah, she won two. God, I'm sure no, she had little fun. pimples on the backhand. You were getting old, man. Who, Dingya Ping, did yeah. not? No. Yeah. No. Definitely. <laughs> All right. We'll get back to this. She won two gold medals, two gold silver medals. Sorry. Two gold singles medals at Olympics in 1992 and 1996 when there were two colours. Um, and she also won the doubles in 92 and 96. So in total, four Olympic gold medals. Um, and she won one, two... Three three world championship singles medals. So gold. Mm. So so yeah, incredible. Incredible player. Um, there you go. Fast over the table top spin player. With uh, long pimples on the back end. Oh my goodness. Definitely. I'm just Googling everywhere it says here we go. Deng Yaping. Uh most successful female table tennis player of all time. Um yeah, with uh, long pimples on the back end. <laughs> All right, I'll 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 bide my time. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, long pimples on the back end. RITC seven five pimple rubber. Yeah, yeah. Deng Yaping used to use this rubber. Yeah, there you go. Long you know what I'm, I'm doing? I'm now I'm now YouTubing some Deng Yaping. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Um, yeah, it no. has been called the Magic Pimples Rubber. Really? Deng Yaping, the famous world champion, used this model rubber sheet. That's what the website's uh, claiming. Friendship RIT 755 Long Pimple. Table tennis rubber with sponge. <sighs> See, lucky I've got a good memory here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, all right. Well, that where, where is. Um, we I, I can't even remember what we what we were doing with this show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this was the, the competition winner. Yes, the competition winner. <laughs> that's right. So anyway, the answer was Deng Yaping. Um, and who was the winner, Jeff? Rajesh. Rajesh. Yes. Last name not Kuthrapoli from 
um, Big Bang Theory. No. Rajesh R. Yeah. There you go. Rajesh R is the competition winner. So um, we will contact you and let you know, or you can let us know uh, which prize you would like to uh, choose. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. And you know what that means? Um, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it really? Is it time? No, it's not yet. It means we have another Who Am I competition. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> new, new Who Am I competition. Now, so same this, prize. Same prize. And now the clue for today is I have finished as high as fourth at a World Cup. If anyone gets this like straight off, like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of players that have finished fourth at the World Cup. But as high it, as fourth. Yeah. As mm. high as fourth. Interesting. There okay. There you go. So that's the clue for this week. Um, get your entry in. Um, and uh, if no one guesses it this week, we will give you another clue next week. All right. I like this competition. It's good. Yeah. It's a good concept. Who thought yeah. of this? Uh, yeah. Someone you. smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very so good. now it is yeah. time for OMG Facts. Good. Good. Okay. Yeah. But but before we do, like yeah. I think um, you might have got a bit of a message from last uh, uh, podcast uh, OMG facts, Jeff. Uh, oh, from, I did, from, I from did. Yeah. yeah, I made a big uh, error, I guess you'd call, in one of my OMG facts. Yeah, it was it was talking about um, a famous record by the Beastie Boys, and I said it was licensed to three. And my good friend from ACT, one of my uh, fellow uh, former teammates from, from Canberra, yeah, yep. table yeah, from Canberra, um, he said, I just can't let it go. <laughs> he said, the Beastie Boys album is not called License to Three, it's License to Ill. As in yeah, sick. So and it looks like, looks like three, album. What's that? It looks like three, doesn't it? Because it's the I L L looks yeah. like three, the the Roman numeral three. Exactly. So yeah. you know, simple mistake. But unfortunately, you know, Matt's a bit of a music buff, and he's like, "Well, this is an important album in the history of music, and you just stuffed it up." <laughs> so I just completely messed it up. So apologies to Matt, and apologies to all music fans out there. Um, yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. License to yeah. ill. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can you get the OMG facts right now for this week? <laughs> I'll try. I'll do yeah. My... Good. Good. Twenty-five percent right. of business school deans say they would admit a clearly unqualified student if his or her parents donated one million dollars. Oh. Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Take the money. Yeah. The most abused drug in the world is caffeine. It's a controversial one, like drug abuse. What does abused mean? Yeah, yeah. Not, um, mm, yeah. Now, this is a record that may never be beaten. The longest distance ever travelled to buy a book is 3,950 miles. Emerson Sparts flew from Chicago to London to buy the fifth Harry Potter book. That's a bit controversial, isn't it? Like, 
Hmm. Yeah. Nowadays, what you just you, you just buy it electronically, ebook. That's right. Exactly. Never going to be beaten. Now here, wearing headphones for just an hour will increase the bacteria in your ear 700 times. <gasps> really? And the kids these days, they just wear earphones the whole time, all the time. They must have so much bacteria. Yeah, yeah. Wash their ears out. And here's the last one for today. Yeah. Women apologise on average 5.2 times a day. Men, 3.6 times. <laughs> 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 OMD fact Your wife and my wife aren't listening to this podcast Are they <laughs> What do you mean of course they listen They love this podcast It's their favourite one <laughs> yeah, They just can't wait for it to come out <laughs> Oh my goodness <laughs> Oh dear Yes Well Alloys yeah. that, that is a wrap We are done that, that is a wrap Good work Um yeah, um, I like your uh, <laughs> your your, uh, your your podcasting skills. Good work. Thank you, thank you, and uh, of course, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure to check out pingskills.com. Enter the Who Am I competition, see if you can win it. And of course, thank you, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and yes, thank you, listeners. It's. Uh, always a uh, pleasure to bring you this podcast Um, maybe not for you but it is for us (laughs) indeed thanks everyone bye